Chapter twenty two of Naval Occasions by Bartimaeus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty two Concerning the Sailor Man Able Seaman, Seaman Gunner, one good conduct badge. Thus, with a click of unaccustomed boot heels, he might describe himself at the monthly muster by open list. In less formal surroundings, however, he is wont to refer to himself as a matlaw a designation not infrequently accompanied by fervid embellishments occasionally he serves to adorn the moral of a temperance tract a reporter hard pressed for police court news may record one of his momentary lapses from the paths of convention ashore otherwise literature knows him not generally speaking his appearance is familiar enough though it is to be feared that the world the unfamiliar world of streets and a shod people of garish pubs and pitfalls innumerable does not invariably see him at his best the influence of the naval discipline act relaxes ashore and not unnatural reaction inspires him with a desire to tilt his cap on the back of his head and a fine indiscrimination in the matter of liquid refreshment but to be appreciated he must be seen in his proper sphere on board ship he is not required to play up to any romantic role no one regards him with curiosity or even interest and he is in consequence normal ashore aware of observation he becomes as unnatural as a self-conscious child a very genuine pride in his appearance is partly the outcome of tradition and partly fostered by a jealous supervision of his divisional lieutenant a score of subtleties go to make up his rig and never was tide bound by more unswerving laws than those that set a span to the width of his bell-bottomed trousers or the depth of his collar this collar was instituted by his forebears to protect their jackets from the grease on their queues the queue has passed away but the collar remains and its width is sixteen inches no more no less the triple row of tape that adorns its edge commemorates so runs the legend the three victories that won for him his heritage in perpetual mourning for the hero of trafalgar the tar of to-day knots a black silk handkerchief beneath it it is doubtful whether he is aware of the portent of these emblems for he is not commonly of an inquiring turn of mind but they are as they were in the beginning they must be just so and that for him suffices a number of factors go to make his speech the obscure jargon it has been represented recruited from the north south east and west he brings with him the dialect he spoke in childhood and it were easier to change the colour of a man's eyes than to take out of his mouth the brogue he lisped in his cradle a succession of commissions abroad enriches his vocabulary with a smattering of half the tongues of earth arabic chinese malay hindustani and japanese smatterings truly and rightly untranslatable but pentecostal in their variety lastly and proclaiming his vocation most surely of all are the undying sea phrases and terms without which no sailor can express himself even the objects of everyday life need translation the floor becomes a deck stairs a hatchway the window a scuttle or gun-port there are others smacking of masts and yards and the tar and spunyard of a bygone navy they are obsolete to-day 
yet current speech among men who at heart remain unchanged in spite of higher education and the introduction of marmalade and pickles into their scale of rations the tendency to emphasize that all vigorous forms of life demand find outlet in the meaningless oaths that mar the sailor's speech lack of culture denies him a wider choice of adjectives the absence of privacy or refinements in his mode of life and a great familiarity from earliest youth would seem an explanation of if not an excuse for a habit which remains irradicable in spite of well-meaning efforts to counteract it the conditions of naval service sever his home ties very soon in life the isolation from feminine and gentler influences that it demands is responsible for the curiously intimate friendships and loyalty that exist on the mess-deck of a man-of-war with a friend the bluejacket is willing to share all his worldly possessions even to the contents of the mysterious little bag that holds his cleaning rags brick and emery paper since the work of polishing a piece of brass make no great demand on his mental activity the sailor chooses this time to spin a yarn and from the fact that the recipient of these low-voiced quaintly worded confidences usually shares his cleaning rags the tar describes his friend as his raggy to the uninitiated the word signifies little but to the sailor it represents all in his hard life that suffereth long and is kind his love for animals which is proverbial affords but another outlet for the springs of affection that exist in all hearts and in his case being barred wider scope are intensified outside events have for him but little interest so long as he is not called upon to bear a hand by his divinely appointed superior while his ration of rum and stand-easy time are not interfered with the rise and fall of dynasties battle murder and sudden death leave him imperturbable and unmoved only when these are accompanied by sufficiently gruesome pictorial representations in the section of the press he patronizes can they be said to be of much import to him but he dearly loves a funeral his attitude towards his officers is commonly that demanded by an austere discipline and accompanied more often than not by real affection and loyalty he accepts punishment at the hands of his superior in the spirit that he accepts rain or toothache its justice may be beyond his reasoning but administered by the power that rules his paths it is the law as irrevocable as fate morally he has been portrayed in two lights idealists claim for him a guilelessness of soul that would insult an arcadian shepherd to his detractors he is merely a godless scoffer rudely antagonistic to religion a brand not even worth snatching from the burning somewhere midway between these two extremes is to be found the man as he really is to whom religion presents itself when he considers the matter at all a form of celestial naval discipline tempered by sentimentality but these are generalities and may not apply to even a fraction of the men in the fleet to-day conditions of life and modes of thought on the lower deck are even now changing as the desert sand and those who live among sailor-men would hesitate the most to unite their traits in one comprehensive summary it is only by glimpses here and there of individuals who represent types that one may gleam knowledge of the whole 
in the ship's office of a man-of-war are rows of neat brass-bound boxes and here are stowed the certificates of the ship's company those of each class seamen engine-room ratings marine and so forth being kept separately at the first sight there is little enough about these prosaic documents to suggest romance or even human interest to the ordinary individual yet if you read between the lines a little picking out an entry here and there among the hundreds of different handwritings you can weave with the aid of a little imagination all manner of whimsical fancies and if at the end the study of them leaves you little wiser it will be with a quickened interest in the inner life of the barefooted incomprehensible being on whose shoulders will some day perchance fall the burden of your destiny and mine the king's regulations and admiralty instructions with a flourish of unwanted metaphor refer to the document as a man's passport through life the sailor himself ever prone to generalities describes his certificate as his discharge in accountant circles in which the thing circulates it is known as a parchment a service certificate to give its official title is a double sheet of parchment with printed headings foolscap size which is prepared for every man on first entry into the service at the outset it is inscribed with his name previous occupation and description his religion the name and address of his next of kin and the period of service for which he engages in due course when he completes his training and is drafted to sea his certificate accompanies him as he goes from ship to ship on pages two and three are entered the records of his service his rating the names of his ships and the period he served in each on thirty first december in each year his captain assesses in his own handwriting on page four the character and ability of each man in the ship these fluctuate between various stages from very good to indifferent in the former case exceptional to inferior in the latter here too appear the history of award and deprivation of good conduct badges the more severe penalties of wrong-doing such as cells and imprisonment here too they must remain for parchment cannot be tampered with and an alteration must be sanctioned by the admiralty in perpetual appraisement or reproach until the man completes his engagement and his certificate becomes his own property the heading previous occupation shows plainly enough the trades and classes from which the navy is recruited and is interesting if only for the incongruity of the entries they are most varied among the stoker's certificates as these men entered the service later in life than the seamen labourer suggests little save perhaps a vision of the thames embankment at night and the evidence that someone at least found a solution of the unemployment problem but we may be wronging him doubtless he had employment enough yet i still connect him with the embankment at the bidding of the l c c it was here he wielded pick and crowbar until the sudden distant hoot of a siren stirred something dormant within him the barges sliding downstream of a smoky sunset into the unknown suggested a wider world so he laid down his tools and his pay is now two shillings one pence per diem from his next of kin notation he apparently supports a wife on it farmhand 
can you say what led him from kind-scented surroundings and the swishing milk-pails to the stokehold of a man-of-war did the clatter of the threshing-machine wake an echo of the bucket and clang of the brasses working together by perfect degree perhaps it was the ruddy glow of the hop-ovens by night that he exchanged for the hell-glare of a battleship's furnaces or as a final solution was it the later product of these same ovens in liquid form that helped the recruiting officer newspaper vendor a pretty conceit that vendor he has changed vastly since he dodged about the strand hawking the world's news and exchanging shrill obscenities with the rebuke of policemen and cab drivers but the gutter patois clings to him yet and of nights you may see him forward seated on an upturned bucket ringing discords of unutterable melancholy from a mouth-organ merchant seaman golf caddy he spat in the sandbox before making your tea and looked the other way when you miss your drive if he was as loyal as caddy as he is a sailor errand boy circus artiste of a surety he was the clown this last his inability to forget his early training has on more than one occasion introduced him to a cell and the bitter waters of affliction but he is much in demand at sing-songs and during stand-easy time now here is one with a heavy black line ruled across his record on page two and in the margin appears the single letter k he is a recovered deserter he ran after eight years service and stainless record was it some red-lipped tousle-haired siren who lured him from the paths of rectitude did the galling monotony and austere discipline suddenly prove too much for him was it a meeting with a yankee tar in some foreign grog-shop that tempted him with tales of a higher pay and greater independence hardly the latter i think because they caught him and on page four of the tell-tale parchment appears the penalty ninety days detention lastly porter where on earth did he shoulder trunks and ball by your leave was it amid the echoing vastness of a london terminus with its smoke and gloom or and this i think the more probable was it on some sleepy branch line that he rang a bell or waved a flag collected tickets and clattered to and fro with fine effect in enormous hobnail boots then one fine day but imagination falters here leaving us no nearer the reason why he exchanged his green corduroys for the jumper and collar and if we asked him which we cannot very well i doubt if he could tell himself they make a motley collection these tinkers and tailors and candlestick makers but in time they filter through the same mould and emerge as a rule vastly improved you may sometimes encounter them in railway stations or tram-cars returning on leave to visit a home that has become no more than an amiable memory and some day maybe you will advertise for a caretaker or one to do odd jobs about the house and garden whose wife can do plain cooking look out then for the man with tattooed wrists and eyes that meet yours unflinching from a weather-beaten face he will come to apply in person for the job being no great scribe or believer in the power of the pen he will arrange his visit so as to arrive towards evening this being he concludes your stand-easy time 
he wastes few words but from the breast-pocket of an obviously ready-made jacket he will produce a creased and soiled sheet of parchment it is the record of his life and after two-and-twenty years through which the frayed passport has brought him at forty years of age he turns to you for employment and a life wherein it is his one stipulation there shall be no more sea End of chapter 22